0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: In a minute, we live. live. live.
2: And we are live. The Hornets uh, opened the regular season with a loss to the Detroit Pistons, 102 90. I'm Doug Branson, joined by David Walker and Nick Denning we may have uh, some others joining us here on the panel this is a tough one David Uh, 102 to 90 the final score and really I mean there were some runs here and there David but it felt like the whole night that the the Detroit Pistons were 10 points better than the Charlotte Hornets
0: yeah and and you, you mentioned before the show Maybe a little bit to be expected with the shorthanded Hornets. I mean, the Pistons were trying out the new vaunted three-point offense um, early and often. And, And the first quarter was kind of a little feeling out for both teams, I think. But once it got going, it really looked like the Hornets missed their main guys, what we saw in the preseason. And towards the end of the game, it was just tough for them to keep up. Turnovers, probably the story of the night, did not help at all.
2: Turnover's definitely an issue. Let's go to pregame where we found out that Kimball Walker would be joined by Jeremy Lamb, rookie Dwayne Bacon, Marvin Williams, and Dwight Howard going up against uh, Reggie Jackson, Avery Bradley, Stanley Johnson, Tobias Harris, and Andre Drummond for the Pistons. What did you think about that lineup decision, Nick, getting the rookie Dwayne Bacon in there with the starting unit?
3: I mean he looked all right, you know, and I think I was kind of hoping that would be the um the decision just based off what we saw in preseason. Um and you know, he wasn't spectacular, but he did you know, he did what I think he was asked to do. So not not I'm I'm fine with it.
2: Yeah, Dwayne Bacon ending this game 3 of 6 from the field. Uh, hit two 3-pointers early in this one. Uh, finished with 8 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists. Probably among the rookies, Probably outplayed his, his other rookie teammate, Malik Monk, who was 1 of 9 from the field, 1 of 6 from beyond the arc, and he had How many turnovers? Three total turnovers, two of them very bad, very bad passes, and he was upset with himself visibly on the court. Claire, a lot of eyeballs on Malik Monk, and a tough start for him.
1: Yeah, so I thought during the preseason, he kind of let the game come to him, and then today he definitely forced a bunch of stuff. So um, I really thought that he would do better, but at the same time, it's the first game of the season Going Bacon, I thought, was better than advertised. Um, and I know that I said this back in this the summer uh, when we were talking, we were doing the, the podcast. Um, but I was intrigued by what Bacon would be able to do. Um, but, you know, for Malik, I think he just needs to let the game come to him.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this game was difficult for a variety of reasons. First of all, there's been a lot of talk about the shortened preseason, and then you add on to the fact that the Hornets – We're dealing with injuries to their starting unit. I mean, they're missing two of their starters, Nick Batum, who might be one of their most important offensive players, and then Michael Kick Gilchrist, who is... Uh, undoubtedly one of their best defensive players and, and a, a cog, a major cog in that defense. And you have to look no further than Tobias Harris and his stat line for this one. 11 of 18, 4 of 7 from beyond the arc. Uh, David, you mentioned that the, the Pistons wanted to get out there and shoot the ball well from beyond the arc. They didn't, yeah, as a team, collectively, they didn't really do that. But you had Tobias Harris going 11, uh, 4 of 7 from beyond the arc, Langston Galloway 3 of 6, And then Avery uh, Avery Bradley going 7 of 10 from the field, no three-point attempts. But this was uh, a very effective guard attack. They were attacking Kimball Walker. They were attacking Malik Monk. And and especially, I thought, they were attacking Jeremy Lamb and, and being effective at doing that.
0: Yeah, no answer for Tobias Harris tonight. I mean, he started off hot of the 29 first quarter points for Detroit. He had 17 of them, and he really didn't cool off after that. They just had no one to stay in front of him. And, like, if you have Frank out there trying to stay in front of him, that's a disaster. Um, so you just miss those wing defenders like we've seen all during the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, just a tough go of it. And you're right, like, the threes were not overwhelming, but every time the Hornets would try and climb back in it, Detroit seemed to hit a couple threes there there was there was a swing in the fourth quarter there where the Hornets were down like 15 17 points three turnovers led directly to three Detroit three pointers one by yeah. Monk and two by Cody there about in the middle of the fourth quarter That that are just killers. Um, And you guys mentioned Monk. Yeah, he 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 just had a struggle tonight. I think we we saw what he can do in the uh, preseason. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rookie, you know, rookie, uh, right? Like we're not overly concerned by that. He certainly didn't lose any confidence. He was still shooting. Uh, but, but just not his night tonight.
2: Uh, Yeah, I Yeah, mean, and he, he started to take more shots as the game went on. I thought, Nick, interestingly enough, Malik Monk very deferential in this game, trying to get others involved, not immediately looking for his offense. Maybe, I don't know, maybe rookie nerves, maybe just trying to sort of feel his way out there in the game. But I th- they, they got to have him scoring and not necessarily trying to facilitate even with Julian Stone as their backup point guard option.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it was a combination of what you said there. But I also think that they've, they've probably told them to, to rear it back a little bit. Um, you know, he certainly had the green light in preseason um, against, really against, you know, end-of-the-bench opponents in mm-hmm. a lot of the situations. So I think they probably just said, look, look you know, just take your shots when you get them. Uh, I liked a couple of his looks. Um, you know, the one he did hit from the corner was was you know, nice and smooth and just quick release. It's the type of shot you want to see from him. Um, you know, it, it just, shots just didn't fall. And I I, and I do think that just came down to nerves a little bit. And,
2: and, 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 he, and he saw the yeah.
0: difference between preseason and regular season tonight, right? Like sure. he was going up against bigger, stronger guys. I mean, Stanley Johnson, you, you don't need to guard him, but but when he's on you, you're going to know it.
2: Yeah, he bothered. No, great point. He bothered Malik Monk physically uh, very early in this game. And, you know, Malik Monk's a rhythm guy. And if he doesn't get on his rhythm early, I feel like in some of these games, he's going to struggle. And I think you saw a preview of that uh, tonight and uh, I thought the I thought Detroit came out very ready to play this game they were very physical very they got up and down I mean they really attacked the hornets quickly on offense did not allow and, and that was a smart move because they didn't really allow Dwight Howard to get into position on some of these uh, defensive possessions but when Dwight Howard did uh, he was very effective let's talk about the big man five of nine from the field 15 rebounds uh, 10 10 total points but he gets uh, let's see he got one steal and two block shots, but he affected a lot of shots as well. Claire, what did you think of Dwight Howard's debut game as a member of the Charlotte Hornets?
1: Well, I thought that um, his night tonight was adequate, but I mean, I think also adequate, adequate. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> dropping
2: an adequate. All right, tough crowd it, he, there. He Claire. is super,
1: he is Superman. He is Superman, exactly. So, you know, the the standard is higher. Um, However, I do think that a lot of the other, the the play from the other Hornets kind of forced him to force things a little bit more as well. So um, there was a few uh, plays down low that I I thought that he could have defended better. Um, Overall, I mean, like I said, he was adequate. I think he also kind of forced some things earlier in the in the game as well, especially on offense and especially with trying to put uh, do, you know, do the putbacks as well. Um, Kemba, I think that he was trying to lob it to him a few too many times that. Kind
2: of threw me off as well. Well, those those lob plays were open in the preseason, and those closed down very quickly. Again, showing you the big difference between preseason and regular season in terms of defense and defensive organization. Nick, I, I, are are you going with adequate as well? I thought Dwight had a had a more than adequate game when you when you take into account. Uh, you know, some of the, the the interior defense that we're used to seeing from the Charlotte Hornets, I think that, that Dwight Howard uh, did a great job of affecting the game on defense, challenging those Detroit guards, not letting Reggie Jackson uh, into the lane uh, too often when he was on the floor. Reggie Jackson doing a lot of his damage when Dwight Howard was off the floor. What did you think of his performance, Nick?
3: Yeah, I think adequate offensively, but you are right on the defensive end. A lot of that stuff that, you know, it goes unseen, but he did make an impact. Um, I just think it's, it's you know, he, he he does affect the game in a lot of ways. And actually, I will say this defensively, what, he got two big men on Detroit upset at him. They almost wanted to fight him, so he was doing something right. Like, he, he was getting in their heads a little bit. So. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. And you got those two quick fouls on Drummond. I mean, Drummond what, didn't play half of the first quarter because Good of that. Point. And that may, have, that may have kept Charlotte in it. I, I, I mean, I thought Dwight was pretty outstanding tonight, personally. I mean, it wasn't anything out that. of this world. But I thought the one area that maybe he's going to learn from is when that defense adjusts. You saw it a couple of times in the third quarter. They, they were able to swipe at him the low post and get a couple of turnovers or, or bat the ball away. Uh, As he was going to the basket. But I mean, that's really nitpicking guys. Like I thought he was fantastic uh, when he got his chances on offense. And and I thought he was good on deep. I mean, guys, he outperformed Drummond. Uh, He was one of the top three performers in this game for the Hornets. They're not looking for that from him every night on offense. But I thought at his first game on, on the Hornets it was uh, it was pretty good.
2: We're gonna go two on two. We're gonna go two on two here on Dwight. I have to say this: so ten points on five of nine shooting, but he created all of that for himself essentially. I mean, he was taking Drummond off the dribble, recognized Drummond's inadequacy on defense and and inability to stay with Dwight Howard's quickness using using off the dribble to to get to the to the rim. But really had to make a lot of action offensively for himself. Once Kimba and him find that rhythm and, uh, you know, some some of these shooters start shooting and knocking down shots early in the game and creating a little bit more space down low, I, I think things will start to happen for Dwight Howard offensively.
1: And I should say that one more thing, like, I mean, as far as being adequate, I think one of the things I've neglected to say as well was that given what we needed from him, Tonight, especially with both Nickatum and MKG out, I know that he's a different position than all the than the other guys. But we really needed him to step up a lot more and contribute. You more want
0: you junior. want those threes, don't you? You want to shoot those threes? I want
1: more yeah, 18 footers so
2: Yeah, come on. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: how could you? You're, you're going to give him an adequate
2: grade, and he's out there knocking down 18-footers. How dare you? Uh, well, I don't I even I think I don't even think we can say uh, adequate for Frank Kaminsky. One of nine from the field, 0 <laughs> of five from beyond the arc. Very tough game for Frank. Frank uh let's see, four points total, four rebounds, two assists. David, what can you say for Frank Kaminsky on a tough night? And and, and drew drew some tough assignments on defense as well. Didn't really have much for Tobias Harris on the few times that it got matched up against him. Pretty much every pretty much everything we thought defensively and just couldn't make up for it on the offensive end
0: uh no no turnovers and that's according to the Hornets app no. I thought he had one so I'm going to I'm going to check that one um but yeah a rough go of it for Frank tonight did not hit a three tonight it was just struggling with the shot and just couldn't get into a rhythm man he has got to gets something under control whether it's speed whether it's you know aggressiveness but his you know his drives and his moves when he's up against these quicker guys it's just not working in his favor and he ends up bailing out with that dirk leg kick and like
1: he
2: hit it dirk. but that yeah but he did that hit was it. the one yeah that was his one field goal was on the dirk leg kick but I think the reason you thought uh, he had a turnover is because on on several of those drives it really gunked up the offense like it took a lot of the the, the ball movement that was happening stopped when when frank kaminsky drove there wasn't a lot of movement around him when that was happening a lot of confusion resulted and maybe a few of those turnovers uh came secondarily from that nick uh, you know what, what what it's only game one we can say that uh but definitely a tough start for frank kaminsky
3: it's game one of this season, but game what? One hundred and sixty-five? Am I doing my math right? Oh. I don't know. <laughs>
1: uh, so, off!
3: Uh, it's, it's still the it's still the same questions.
2: Show us your calculator. Don't sit there. Where's your TI eighty-five? not sit here and right, tell right?
3: me eighty-two. That's one sixty-four. It's ah uh,
2: oh, well, actually, you know, if you uh, carry the floor and quadratic equation, all right, go on. I mean,
3: I'm, no, I'm no math teacher, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Point yeah. me, it's year three and I just feel like we've had the same conversation with him. I'm not I'm not giving up on this yet. Like I, I still believe he has what it Because, I mean when you when you see him take shots, you're like, Okay, that looks good. Like but then yeah. you know, it's just it's just not falling. And I, and if it's just a confidence thing, I I hope that's all it is. But I mean obviously defensively he's I just wonder if he just gets so disheartened by the fact that he just gets beat defensively every single time that it just stays with him and and he just can't, you know, yeah.
0: That's my concern. Yeah. yeah. That's my concern too. Because when you see those matchups like tonight, he has no hope of staying with anyone Tobias Harris or, or lower. Right. And that's gotta be a crusher. And we've seen how Frank kind of fluctuates when things go good and bad. So I mean, maybe that is something to do with it, but, um, you got, you got, at some point if after year three, you do have to figure out a way to either overcome that mentally or, or find out a way to be effective.
2: Should we be concerned uh, by what Nick mentioned earlier with Dwight Howard? He picks up the technical, uh, double technicals, uh, one for Howard and one for Eric Moreland. They get into a little mini altercation and then. Uh, something odd in the fourth quarter. He said, "I don't, I don't know if it was even physical with he Andre Drummond. He said something, <laughs> he said something. Um, really insulted Andre Drummond's cooking or something. Uh, something happened there that, that said set, something
0: about Little Caesars that did not. Fly.
2: Yeah, he said the, that he was not hot nor ready, and it was <laughs> it was odd. Uh, so, should we be concerned about that at all, or or is that just some good fire early in the regular season?
1: Yeah. No, I mean." He's going. He's going to get those technicals, and we've seen him. You know, get those, those were
2: technicals. adequate technicals. <laughs> those were <laughs> adequate.
1: Exactly, exactly. Exactly. And you know what? I mean, it was a double technical. I. I. I want to read too much into it.
0: You know what, though? That, that was one other thing that I did like because, I mean, Charlotte need some needed somebody, especially tonight, to to, to to fight, right? Like, they needed somebody to pull them back into it. Now, that didn't work, but – and you could see the technical coming for about three quarters of the game. But, like, at, on some nights – we've seen it from this team before – they need somebody to be the dog out there, and Dwight's not going to shy away from, from, from much on the court. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Um, so, he's got to watch that, but – yeah, I don't think we're too concerned about it just yet.
2: Yeah, I thought Dwight Howard brought some fight. I mean, of course, Kimball Walker's going to bring it every night. Six of 13 sure. from the field, uh, got to the line uh, several times. 13 free throw attempts for him, 24 points total. He was the leader on offense. Cody Zeller, another guy, and, and he got he got some play late. They went with the zeller Kaminsky yeah. big lineup late into the fourth quarter, even when Stan Van Gundy subbed in Tobias Harris. That's normally in the game when you'd see Zeller exit and Marvin come in. But Clifford obviously was just leaving the players in there that had some defensive gusto because he left Travion Graham in the game as well. So I think that's that's going to be an early theme. Clifford just going with guys that that are going to give give him something on defense and and maybe moving away from. Some of the inexperience of Monk and Bacon and some of the inadequacies on defense that, honestly, I was surprised with from Jeremy Lamb, who got uh, roasted yeah. and toasted a few times by Avery Bradley, was caught you know, two feet in the lane, not, not close enough to his defensive assignment at all to recover. Um, that was a surprise to me because Lamb had played so well in preseason, especially defensively.
1: Yeah, he actually (laughs) – Clifford tonight reminded me of my AAU coach that I had growing up where he was like, I'm going to play the guys – or I'm going to play the girls, at least in my case, um, who are playing hard, who are actually trying. And I think that towards the end of the game, he kind of sat a lot of the starters as a message to them. Um, And, yeah, I don't know if anyone else saw that the way that I did, but, I mean, I I thought that he kind of sent – he was trying to send a message to the starters that, hey – we got to do better
2: than this if you as play. Yeah. One surprising thing, Nick was one-on-one defense was lacking in this game. And and from, from players that in the past have struggled with that, like a Jeremy Lamb, but also from Marvin Williams, who drew the assignment on Tobias Harris and Tobias Harris scored, uh, what was the number in the first quarter? 17 17. of the first 25 Detroit point. Oh yeah. So it ended up being 29 for the first quarter, 17 of the first 29. And, And that was Marvin Williams assignment.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's surprising because, like, I would have like if you had to pair somebody against Tobias, that you would have liked most. Marvin would have been the guy. So yeah, that's not good. That he and that's why it's probably a big reason why he didn't show up or he wasn't put in the fourth quarter. Um, no, you guys are all right. Like Clipper goes, like he he did it. He did it tonight. But I've seen it in all four seasons. You know, if there's a night where he can only yeah. find five guys that are. Playing at least adequate defensively, um, he's going to throw them out there regardless of if they're starters or
2: not. Hey, Luke Kennard, DNP, coach's decision, not getting any time for the rookie, and, and the Man. Hornets, Hornets throw, having to throw out two rookies. Look, I mean that's bottom line on this game, right? I mean they're missing the Hornets were missing two starters. They had to play two rookies significant minutes, and you Stone know, and Graham and we have, Graham. Well, well, let's yeah, let's. Well, I thought Graham played actually really well, uh, you know, considering yeah. what what they were asking uh, him to do. Too, but I'd love to talk about Stone. What do you got to say on Graham?
0: Yeah, real quick on Graham. Just that crunch time lineup of Kimba, Lamb, Graham, and then Zeller. Lamb, and, and Graham, was, yams, beans, tomatoes. What was interesting. An and I mean...
2: You name <laughs> And I mean... <laughs> All right, I'm down. Go ahead. These are
0: adequate references. Um, <laughs> I just think at this point, until they get everybody back, these lineups are going to fluctuate some, right? Like he's yeah. searching for a little bit of what's going to work. And obviously he's kind of a favorite. He's, he's been a fan of, of Graham. I feel like Clifford that is. Mm-hmm. And he trusts totally. him probably a little bit more. In crunch time, then than a rookie, So bacon. Right? But yeah, way, I think he ended up bacon.
2: going with with him over bacon for sure. Uh, let's talk about Julian Stone. So he gets he gets twelve minutes of action, uh, trying to give Kemba Walker a little bit of a breather. But Kemba ends up playing thirty five minutes in this, which is. You know, unusual this early in the season. I mean, those are those are minutes you want to, you know, your 36, 38 minutes that Kemba's going to get uh, later on in the year. But uh, Julian Stone, I thought, you know, he came out with those two, three pointers. You didn't expect that from him. Uh, I thought he was hustling on defense, getting back, you know, poking the ball away a few times. But, but, Whenever he was out on the floor, the offense was extremely disorganized. There was a lot of things early on in the game. I saw a lot of tweets floating around, like, uh, "You know, Frank looks lost, and Jeremy Lamb looks lost." But I'm like, "Look, you know, a sheep without a shepherd, you know, they get lost. That's what happens when the defense, when the offense is unorganized, when it doesn't have a player that can that can really get everybody where they need to be, which is what Clifford wants out of that backup point guard position." Then this is what happens. I mean, it was reflective of the inexperience at that position, but that's that's reality. I mean, there's nothing that's not really going to change. I'm not. It's not really the fault of Julian Stone. It just is the reality of the third point guard position for the Charlotte Hornets being someone that hasn't you know played in the NBA in a few years. Uh, so that's an issue. And you know, you've got some guys floating around on the waiver wire. And depending on how long they think Michael Carter Williams could be out, it I'm I'm starting to. I don't know about you guys, but I'm starting to sort of teeter towards making a maneuver if they think Michael Carter Williams is going to be out for more than a couple of weeks, because, you know, if this continues, I just don't see how that second unit can 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 score, can stave off any kind of scoring assault yeah. by the other team.
0: And that was the downfall in this game, really tonight. I mean, a two-point deficit in the first quarter, and then a seventeen-to-seven run once the uh, starters went out for yeah. Detroit in that in that second quarter. And, and I saw why Julian Stone is on this team tonight because I have not seen many preseason games, and he's a big dude. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> like, Huge. He's a big guy. Like it looked like a, when he swung the ball over the first time, I was like, who's that shooting guard out there? Um, So I like that he hits the threes and and you like his size, but yeah, man, I mean, I just don't know what they're going to do. You look at these turnovers and Batum's out and I don't see that getting fixed without him coming back or them shoring up the backup point guard in some form or fashion. Nick. Yeah.
3: So like, I think. I completely agree. Like it, it looked dysfunctional. There was that stretch. I think it was after stone hit his second three. There was mm-hmm. a stretch actually on both teams where it was just miss after it, miss it and
2: pick It looked like a pickup game there for a little bit.
3: It was pretty bad. And I, and that, and that, that, you know, that's, there's a lack of organization there, but this is also a unit that has not really played together. Zeller isn't, hasn't even really played with these guys a whole lot. Um, stone has been, has missed most of preseason, you know, I think this will work a little bit better if Monk hits a few more shots. Um, it can kind of maybe calm things down a little bit. But I, I agree with you, Doug. Like if this is if we're like two weeks in and 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 like this is clearly not working, you know, yeah, I can I can see them reaching out. So they have they have a roster spot, right? They got one. They, got they have one a
2: free, yeah, absolutely. They have a fifteenth free roster spot, and then they've got the two way players as well, uh, Marcus Page and. Mango uh, Mathiang. So maybe, and maybe they give Paige a look uh, if, if, uh, uh before they well, go out there's so find many And there's so many, there's so
0: many name guys out there right now. Like yeah. if you just go out there and look at the free, just look at now, my mentions.
2: All... That's all you need to yeah. do to figure out who's out there. My mentions are, <laughs> are. are locked on hornets. But hey, I love it. By the yeah. way, tweet us locked on hornets. Tweet us all your suggestions. We love it. <laughs>
1: I'm not
2: downing that. I'm just saying that's what's happening. People want, to that point, people want a, th- a third or another point guard
0: to, to that point. It feels like they want to string this thing out as long as they can. Right. Just see exactly if MCW can get back because there's so many guys out there. They could grab a, a Darren Williams or, uh, you know, uh, someone else of that ilk um but 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 that seems like a last resort for them and and to nick's point first game they don't want to freak out because these guys haven't played together but it's clearly uh an issue kind of on both ends all right
2: uh let's uh, do some final words on this and get out of here uh nick we'll start with you final thoughts on uh, this game hornets uh, losing to the detroit pistons in their regular season opener
3: uh, it was bad, but this could have been a little bit different if they had cut down the turnovers. I think they had 25 points off turnovers, Detroit. So you cut down on those a little bit, and this probably was a little bit closer towards the end.
2: Claire?
1: Yeah, I think once we get MKG back, we'll get a more solid rhythm. I think the biggest thing tonight was that Clover was just trying to throw a bunch of guys out on the floor and see if it works. I mean, he was basically throwing spaghetti at the wall to try and see if it sticks. Um, and so I think that once we get MKG back, even without Nick Batum, we'll get some sort of a solid rotation. And we'll be able to at least start to get some sort of like timing and rhythm and stuff like that down.
2: David.
0: Yeah. I think you saw your two guys, uh, Dwight Howard and Kimball Walker really be who they are and play well. Um, Kemba, especially—that's the quietest twenty-four I can remember from him in, in quite some time. I mean, he didn't hit his first shot until about five minutes to go, uh, or five minutes left in the second quarter, right? And he then he got it cooking. So uh, his first field goal—that is—so uh, that's what you take away good from this game. The rest of it is just hard to piece together. And from night to night, until they get these guys back, Clifford's going to be trying to piece together the right lineups depending on matchups, I think. But a tough start to the season on the road, shorthanded. A uh, good thing they have the hawks coming into home Friday. That's a game that they really, need to win because they need to win these games. They should win while these guys are out so they can keep
2: pace. Great point. My final word will be that uh, we were all warned. We were warned about the shortened preseason. We were warned about some of these uh, injuries and missing players. Uh, so while this was uh, not the result that Hornets fans were certainly looking for and and not the results from individual players that Hornets fans I know were expecting, uh, at the same time it, it is somewhat understandable considering the circumstances. What not understandable. I think is some of the one-on-one defensive uh, efforts that we got from from a few guys, and, and I think Clifford will definitely look to address that uh, tonight and and in the coming days. So hopefully that improves against Atlanta on Friday. Thanks so much to the panel, David, Nick, and Claire, and thank you for watching and listening to this edition of Locked On Hornets post game. If you want to get these post games live, make sure to hit up Patreon.com forward slash LoH. And you can join us right after the game, or uh, you can always listen to it after on the podcast. Just subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, or Overcast. Just search Locked on Hornets. All right, that'll do it for us uh, for this edition of Locked on Hornets uh, post game. I'm Doug saying, go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.